Fingers crossed that the on-again, off-again strike at the BC ports is finally over once and for all. It's not yet, but it might be soon. The union has until Friday to ratify a tentative deal that was reached late on Sunday night. And if they do so, they accept the deal and the union leadership recommending that they do so. Same with the employer. Everybody's on board, just has to be voted on. If they accepted it, it would bring an end to a labor action that started way back on July 1st now. 7,400 port workers walking off the job at 30 BC ports on Canada Day. They were out for 13 days. And then if you remember, things got a little crazy. We got a tentative deal and they went back to work, right? That deal was rejected, not by the membership. The union leadership said, no, we're not even going to let them vote on it. So they ordered the workers off the job again. They walked out. That walkout within hours was deemed illegal, right? No, you didn't give a 72-hour strike notice. Your, Your walkout is illegal. Get back to work. So they did. They went back to work. It went to a vote, that tentative deal. It was rejected. Still no strike notice, still on the job, everybody's still working, um, and then they got a new deal that was reached on Sunday night. So it's been a little chaotic. The whole time that the ports have been sort of held up in limbo, what's going to happen? What's what, what's around the corner for us? It's estimated that about $10 billion in trade was lost during the two weeks they were shut down. Two weeks, $10 billion. Um, business groups, politicians, our premier, all kinds of voices from coast to coast to coast saying, listen, we need this to end and end permanently. We can't have this. It's too destructive. So now that we're waiting for this ratification vote that has to be done by Friday, how are those groups feeling today? We're going to speak with Dan Kelly, president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Oh, it's good to be with you. Obviously hopeful, optimistic that uh, this is behind us now. We'll have to wait and see what happens Friday, but are you feeling pretty good right now? <laughs> well, yes, it, <laughs> it certainly is good news that, uh, that that the union has recommended the deal and that there is a deal at all. At the same time, gosh, wow, twice bitten, or sorry, once bitten, twice yeah. shy. Uh, never say never. I mean, this has been just the most crazy ride uh, of supply chain challenges over the past three years. And this issue is uh, is just affecting even small and medium-sized companies, my members, in a pretty profound way. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good news, but uh, but but I'll breathe a lot easier on uh, after the vote. Totally fair point. You're right, because we thought we had this done a couple of times, only to have it fall apart again. I'm wondering, the walkout obviously was bad. When the ports were closed for the 13 days, uh, that was trash, uh, tragic. We get it. But since then, you know, in the 18 days since then, this uncertainty and this looming specter of another strike, or, uh, that's got to be almost as bad, right? That uncertainty can't be good either. Oh, look, uncertainty is the enemy of business. Yeah. It it means that you have to constantly be thinking about what kind of alternatives you might have. Just to give you a story, I mean, I talked to uh, one of our members, a business owner that, that in British Columbia that, that makes teas and specialty, uh, specialty drinks that are sold in convenience stores, single-serving drinks that are sold in grocery stores, convenience stores. He sent in I mean, 45,000 uh, glass bottles a week for his beverage uh, business. Uh, and this is his busiest time, and and that has slowed. Even those 13 days with, where the strike happens doesn't mean that on day 14, with uh, workers back to work, that everything is just smoothly uh, passing through the ports. Uh, we expect there to be perhaps about two months of a backlog that they're going to have to sort through, even if everything goes smoothly. Um, but with the uncertainty that exists, 
business owners are still thinking, okay, well, what ha- they have to have a contingency plan in case things don't work out. So are there people that are sort of, you know, we're going to see a flurry of activity next week if this does get settled, that people are sort of keeping their, you know, just waiting to see? Because I I would. I mean, if you're in business, you don't know if you want to place the order because you don't know if it's going to arrive, right? Well, if you have critical stuff that has to come through, do you look at another port? Uh, do, you, uh, do you do you have it flown into to Canada to avoid the port altogether? I mean, these are some of the questions that business owners have been asking themselves over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it is not good news that we are still where we are today. We need to get this settled and settled quickly. Uh, but the damage has been significant. You talked about the $10 billion during the, the period of the strike. Uh, but still, things are moving. While they're moving, they're moving slowly. Optimistically, we're going to have a deal on Friday, uh, and then we'll start to get back to normal. But gosh, I mean, we had, prior to the pandemic, we had, of course, the rail blockade yes. that caused supply chain challenges. And then, of course, the pandemic created a huge amount of supply chain challenges with empty shelves and all sorts of things. Uh, for for month on end, we are finally starting to get back to normal. Then we had the BC port strike. I mean, what's the next knock that the economy is going to take? And our government, our federal government, has just been absolutely terrible in trying to respond to this. They have been so pro-union that they have not wanted to say more than hopes and prayers that a deal would be passed. There's been a little bit of language uh, from the minister, but very little action. Day one, the federal government should have been putting back to work legislation in place. And in fact, even now, we are recommending that they put in place uh, essential services rules such that the ports will not be permitted to be shut down. We can't afford it. Yeah, and you know, there, there's no question that the government's getting criticism. They're also getting praised, and by some people saying, you know, they handled it quite well because you do have to respect collective bargaining. So it, it depends on how you view unions and, and how the government needs to, to navigate that. But at the end of the day, I'm wondering in terms of international reputation and what, what we may have seen there, because we've heard that from some people, including the Premier of Alberta, saying, listen, we're not, we're not viewed as a reliable trade partner. Uh, and you mentioned, um, you know, some of the railway strike and some of the other things that we've seen. There's been more than one issue. Do you think that's true? Like it, when you're oh, speaking yeah. with businesses, are, are, are other businesses around the world saying, I don't, I don't know if Canada's a place that we can deal with right now? Well, it's, it's not just international businesses. It's Canadian businesses, Jane. Does it make sense to operate in Canada right now uh, with the fact that, you know, we can't get anything done. We can't get major projects approved. Uh, we, we Even basic services seem to be in short supply. We go from passport mess to port strike, yeah. and the federal government's fumbling, fumbling, fumbling along the way. Yes, of course, we need to respect collective bargaining, but there are other federal services that are deemed to be essential services, and therefore, the right to strike is not there. There's other ways, uh, arbitration and other tools that, that, are, that are used to ensure that there are uh, good agreements that, that balance the rights of employers and employees. We need to make sure that we have some of these pathways and, and ports and basic infrastructure, I think, is just so critical that we need to think of adding it to the essential services rules that we have in Canada. Uh, those are the same rules that we have, for example, for border guards and, sure. and, and other police forces, other fire, firefighters, all the rest. You got it. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I don't know if I haven't heard anybody talking about that, Dan, but maybe. I mean, you got to draw that line somewhere. But uh, I, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us today. Any time at all.